who by the defense's own um by their own accord um gained access to these photos and disseminated them to at least one or two other individuals one of which was robert fortson um so, so how, they, how many how many people were initially involved in the leak so this came wait, 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 rephrase it. so the leak came out of uh, and these were these pictures that were of the crime scene of Libby and Abby. And um, the leak comes out. What day was it that the leak came out? The um, the first time the public really became aware of it was October 4th, I believe, in the right. evening hours, if you're on the East Coast. Um, and that and was with was, the F tree picture. And that was with the what? I'm sorry, I interrupted. The F tree picture? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I remember seeing that circling. All right, so. Um, that's the first tree that was, or the first uh, picture that was leaked out, or that was yeah. circled down. Right. Okay. It then it then turned out that um, that a number of content creators um, and social media people were were sent um, even more graphic um, photos of the girls from the crime scene um, through an email leak that you know um, by their own admission came from the defense's side. Hmm. Hmm. And all right, so the leak comes from one of Richard Allen's defense attorneys, and it was Baldwin. Is that correct? Yeah. And the person that Baldwin knew who initiated the leak was was who again? His name was Mitch Westerman. He's now been charged with with the crime, um, and he's um, bailed out, of course, already. And how, what was his relationship with Baldwin? He was an sorry, Sonny. I mean, I don't mean to, I don't mean to hog the. He um, oh, no. he was an employee of Andrew Baldwin's um, law firm from 2015 through 2019, I believe. First as a law clerk, and then as um, his, his title was the operations manager, and um, he remained close friends with Andrew Baldwin after um, after he left the employment of the office. Hmm. So he was just friends with Baldwin, is that correct? Right. All right. And uh, is so he goes in there, and I'm assuming he's taking pictures of pictures. Is that correct? Sonny, do you want to take this one? Yeah. Uh, well, as far as we know, I mean, I can tell by one of the crime scene photos that it is a picture of a picture. Um, now, what all else he took, uh, who knows beyond that? Um, you know, uh, but definitely, uh, at least the one for sure looks like it was a picture of a picture because you can see as if it was printed off and then the picture was taken. So, uh, yeah. Is, is there like a, uh, a motive or anything as to why this guy would do it? Besides speculation, um, no, we don't actually know what the reason was know. for you guys got a question? How many you got some? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're unmuted now. Okay. It takes forever for it to unmute. Um, in, in your opinion, what, um, the, the leak of the pictures of the crime scene, how could that harm the, the trial? Like, in what, in what way would it harm the trial, in your opinion? We'll start off with you, Sonny. 
how could it harm the trial? Yeah. Well, I think the whole gist of all this is that they were trying to push the Odin narrative out there. So it kind of started with the F tree coming out because basically the person seemed was pissed because um, Barbara McDonald on court TV didn't depict uh, what the person felt um, was accurate. So, you know, um, Barbara McDonald on court TV showed the F tree in a sense, mm -hmm. and basically had said that her two sources that are close to the investigation, you know, basically had, you know, put together some pictures about, you know, with the bodies and the sticks in a sense, trying to give that. Um, and then, uh -oh. sorry, here, my own subscriber. Subscriber, thank you, subscriber of our channel. <laughs> um, but anyways, so that to me seems to be like the motivational factor for it is that they want, it was almost like pushing out that Odin narrative. Like, um, that's not what it looks like. This is what it looks like. So here's the F tree. Nobody thought it was real at first. A lot of people didn't. I and you, right, our channel, it was just like, okay, fake. You know, Aspen said, I'm fake. I'm like, okay, it's fake. Um, I still was kind of like, mm. but anyways, it came out that it was true as we've seen by um, text messages. Basically they were asked, uh, Robert, uh, Mark Roberts, um, who was another person involved in the tier there going on, you know, and forced in or having this conversation about sticking it out on Reddit. And then people could decide, it's time to think if it was blood spatter, if it was a, you know, uh, yeah. whatever, a rune or, you know, type yeah. of thing. And almost like, I don't know, nobody seemed to believe it. So they were kind of choked about that because, like I said, nobody believed it at first. But anyways, it ended up being true. Then again, like I said, the pictures come out. And it just seemed to be like it was like, see, Barbara McDonald's depiction? No, this is what the F tree looks like. This is what the girls with the sticks on them look like. So to me, it was just them pushing that narrative. People that seem to be so invested in the case, in a sense that they went beyond the realms of morals and anything else, just so that they could push it out there. Supposedly, the pictures weren't supposed to come out to the public, but you know how that goes. Uh, for right. uh, Mitch, which Mitch Westerman hands it off to Forston, and then Forston hands it off to Mark Roberts. Mark Roberts hands it off to pretty much everybody, or a lot of people. And then those pictures are now vast behind the scenes, but you won't find them in the public space besides yeah. people that got them through the emails. Yeah. So, anyways, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And unless you want to ask yeah. more. Mm -hmm. um, I, was, I want to add to that. Um, I'm not sure who the user you just had pulled up the comment on the screen, but I thought that was a very good point because the state of Indiana actually made that point in their um, in their Supreme Court response today. Um, and I believe I believe they said um, it would taint a jury pool. Like I said, I apologize for not seeing that. There you go. Um, and that's exactly what the state of Indiana um, um, gave as one of their reasons for um, for the whole Supreme Court issue today is that um, these pictures being disseminated into the public forum could possibly, um, I think it was in their words, excuse me if I am paraphrasing, but um, it could, um, it could taint a jury to the point where they, um, they feel um, an unfair guilt towards Richard Allen if the public were to see these pictures, just because of the, the graphic nature of two dead children. Um, 
and you know and that's that's an important legal issue um you know and morality and, le and legal are two different things in this case sometimes but um i think in that instance both align where a jury a potential jury pool seeing pictures of these children unalived um, is going to have an unfair um, influence on their decision making, um, but it also has a, a legal um, bearing that you know they might have crossed a line. Mm. I mean, so it sounds like the motive was tried to get a certain narrative, or, or perhaps um, just to get this. I guess a narrative out there that he could be innocent. I think that's what court is for. You know what I'm saying? Like court is for when the defense, they can then put out their evidence, uh, you know, public opinions and stuff like this isn't, isn't where that's supposed to be seen or done. So I, I completely understand that. What, what are your thoughts on, I think that there was a, a ruling today, right? Where, well, you know what, before we go, before we move on to that and, and move away from the last thing, um, out of those persons that you had mentioned, didn't one of them take their own life? And if so, which one was it? And has there been any type of like note or anything that is indicated why or, or anything like that? I don't know which one of y'all would know. Well, I don't know. I don't recall about the note if there was. And it was uh, Robert Kyle Forreston that took his life. Basically, the next day after he, the investigators went and talked to him. Um, October 11th. Yeah. Um, so very sad, you know, not going to sit here and, and understand why. I can't see Jet that this would be the only reason that someone would take their life uh, because it's not like it was the end all to be all to someone. Um, so I, all I know is I feel sorry for the family and for him that he felt like he had to leave this planet on there. So it's too bad because after reading all of the his literatures in the... Um, uh, Reddit post, you know, because like the count was deleted, um, but you know, there's programs that can bring that stuff back up. It's too bad. He was a very smart man, um, very intelligent. Um, I almost felt like he was a lawyer the way he was using like the word moot and all that stuff. But anyways, very intelligent man. I enjoyed as we were reading it um, because he had a lot of things both, you know, like on, on both sides of the fence anyway, like you know, like were the sticks left, uh, sticks left there intentionally to look like runes, you know, uh, perhaps they were, you know, not. And I said, anyway, very intelligent, man. It's too bad. It's too bad. Have you guys seen the um, the pictures yourselves? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, what are y'all's, um, <clears throat> so when y'all saw them, we haven't seen them, so we have no idea what they look like. I mean, we've seen some interpretations of it. We've seen uh, pictures and drawings and things like that. Um, do, do you think that those sticks to, I mean, just like if, if, if you would have seen those pictures without knowing anything about the case, anything at all, would you consider that, that it was a, um, ritualistic? Yeah. And an attempt maybe, but not like, meaning just, if I didn't know nothing about the case. I would think that somebody left them there in a sense, to portray that. Right. Mm -hmm. What well, makes you think that it wouldn't have been, that it was somebody trying to portray it and not an actual, well, you know, situation like that, ritualistic incident? 
Well, if we do you want us to compare it to the Odinism? Because um, if he wants to compare it to that, then obviously the F has nothing to do with Odin. They claimed in the 136 page memorandum that the F stood for Odin and it does not. And first of all, you would have to actually believe that it was an F. So I always say that by first perception, you look at the F tree. Yeah, okay, it looks like an F first sight, but if you truly look at it, it's not really a complete F and there's always the blood splatter that's around it that they didn't incorporate into it. But regardless, it doesn't mean wealth and it doesn't mean Odin. So then you go to uh, Abby, who they're trying to claim as an asterisk. And again, that's just using your interpretation. Granted, you that would probably be the best piece that they could try right. to even remotely attached to Odinism for that. But as for uh, uh, Libby, absolutely not. And no Odinism person will is ever going to claim that because there's nothing that attaches to Odinism. There's nothing. Right. Like and, there's you know, legit I, nothing. I want to add to that, that, you know, I, I find, I felt like, I mean, anyone that reads legal documents or, re, you know, ha, you know, I mean, even though it's the most grave or, or serious of situations possible, it is a little bit of a game um, between the two sides as they're filing these motions. Um, and with that memorandum, you know, you know, just the word ritualistic, um, if you look at the FBI's definition, um, it's, and again, excuse me if I'm misphrasing it, but something along the lines of something that is um, personal to the person committing the crime um, that's specific or um, unique to the the perpetrator um that then stands out in all of their crimes um odinism is also a ritual but the the use of the word ritual in the in a legal filing they are talking about i think two different things i think they're you know saying there there's there's this idea there could be odinism but then they also refer to the the um the homicides as ritualistic which by the fbi's definition can still be true um even if they're not talking about odinism um and so i think you know it's that's something you know i didn't see any odinistic traits to the crime scene but ritualistic maybe right yeah and that, that was kind of where my question was it wasn't so much directed towards strictly odinism but I mean, it seemed like, do you guys think that there was some sort of uh, design to it? Like the intention was for those sticks to be purposefully in the position that they were at? Or do you think that they were laid on randomly? No, not random. They were specifically laid there that way to, to me. There, 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 it was, they were specifically placed to me. They weren't just here, let's just throw them, you know, over top of the bodies. And I said, no, those things are laid there purposely. That, but like Adam just said, does it represent an Odin twist to it? No. But does it look like somebody was trying to portray kind of like what I've said, you know, in a misdirection, um, mm -hmm. you know, to throw it off, to make it look really real ritualistic or whatever? Right. That's how I see those pictures myself. Right. And I, I can't honestly... I can't honestly answer because all I can go off of is what I saw in the picture, but we don't know at what point in time that picture was taken. Um, and I've been informed by people that, you know, crime scene technicians 
could have easily have already removed leaves from the girls. They're, they're, you know, we don't know at what point those photos were taken. So, I mean, if those branches were thrown there and then they were covered in leaves, I would be much more inclined to say that they were unintentionally placed in that arrangement. If there were no leaves, um, then, you know, I would say it's more, more intentional, but was there, we well, there wasn't what, any, there, there wasn't any dirt on Abby's, uh, on the clothing that Abby was wearing. Is that correct? Abby? There is on, on the, the bottom of her jeans. But what about on the shirt? No. And is the, are the primary, you know, the sticks per, like placed more on the torso than the jeans? On the torso in the jeans? Yeah, are the, are the sticks more located probably on the tupper, upper part of the body than the lower part? Yeah, or are the upper part. Yeah, so if they were trying to cover her with leaves, then there would probably also be dirt on her shirt mm -hmm. because that's where the sticks were, right? Yeah, I mean, let's, so let's be clear about, about these pictures, okay? There's four pictures. There's three of Abby, one of Libby. Um, it does not show the full crime scene whatsoever. It shows a picture of Libby. Um, and in her state, as you guys have already known from seven years ago, basically, uh, what we heard, sticks, leaves, uh, even though the leaves are not what people would imagine, like they're just kind of off to the side. We don't know its date. There's definitely no antlers running up of Abby's head in those pictures whatsoever. So again, it just depends out of the hundreds of pictures that were taken at the crime scene. All we know, these ones, there's one picture of Abby where they show the, her foot under her leg and they show like the stick area. It's a close-up zoomed in. The second one, another one is of Abby from the top of her head here. And that's where there's this one branch that runs across her head. Like it's just a little twig that runs. There's no like antlers or anything coming off of that. Um, and I believe that that's going to be a falsehood. But but in saying that, um, I think that if if that for the most part, the sticks are right. But I would like to have to see them in court, try to show antlers. But they can probably go, well, this one over here touches this. One. You know what I mean? There's no antlers or horns that are in those pictures, okay, at all off top of Abby's head. Um, but again, that's just going by where, what, like Adam said, like where these pictures taken later on, but it just seems odd that they would remove that. Um, and I, I don't know. And then, so Libby, like I said, so Libby's in one, then Abby is in one. You know, they both obviously have a stick that goes right across here. You know, and then Abby has more of this, um, we can call it an asterisk if you want to, um, but not like I wouldn't go that far, but sure, okay, you know, off of the side here in a sense. And yeah, and Libby has a lot more sticks, but those are the basically the four pictures. They're, they're not this wide angle of a crime scene. It's very limited what you see. Interesting. Um, guys, I, I see you guys writing stuff down. What, what questions do y'all have? We'll start off with you, Big Blue. Or Jaime, you're, you're unmuted, so I know that takes a while. We'll take advantage of it. <laughs> right. I, I, like, I'm, I'm starting to leave it uh, unmuted, but I'm scared that y'all can hear my breathing. It's, like, <laughs> it's okay. What's it called? You know, the, 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 the theory or what the um, – RA's uh, Richard Allen's attorneys brought up was the fact that 
uh, all of this um, were probably to blame for this crime, and and their 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 client is probably innocent, right? Um, but at the same time, when I see the not the actual pictures, but when I saw like the sketches of what the pictures were were describing, right? Um, for me, to, to consider it a ritual um, site, I guess, I, I would picture it to be farther either inside a more secluded area so they can build that or, you know, commit that crime and not be spotted because where the crime took place and where the bodies were found, it was pretty much out in the open. You could see from the bridge that, that certain, um, that spot. Also, like, when it comes down to the to the Odinistic um, symbols, right? We always talking about like how the well, not always, but they were saying that you know they're trying to frame RA. How come we do not think that maybe RA was trying had a problem with one of these people in this cult, and he was trying to frame them? You know, it would explain why the symbols are not correct. Um, but at the end of the day, he just left witnesses and left some sort of evidence behind to point them to himself at the end of the day. Or or not so much of that, but what about a message to the Odinists? Is is there is there any ties from the victims' families to Odinist group? Any any of their family members part of that Odinist group? Um well I mean yeah I mean yeah I mean if you um I mean and that and that's a hard thing to even like answer because it's like you know you have to you have to distinguish small town America versus you know um, important ties, but um, you know a self admitted um, Odinus, um, his son um, was dating. I don't even know if that's the right word to use, but um, oh. Abby. Um, so I mean there were ties, but. I mean, I grew up in a small town in Illinois, which is, of course, next door to Indiana. And um, I probably have ties to Odinism. <laughs> right, right. But, um, <clears throat> Brad Holder. That's any, it. right. Does he, did he ever spend any time in jail or anything? Who? Brad Holder? Holder? Oh, yeah, I haven't sure. looked him up. I wouldn't doubt it if he has. I can't remember. Probably has hmm. some sort of record I wouldn't doubt, but I, I, I haven't looked him up to be honest with you. Didn't right. care enough about the guy. I looked at well, him, talked to him. He was investigated by, you know, ISP. Um, we don't know to what extent, but enough so that, you know, I guess they um they they interviewed a few people connected to him more than once. Um and he was apparently um alibied at work that day. But that is an allegation that the um that the ex defense team was trying to allude to in that memorandum. Right. Yeah, no, they were trying to allude that he was he was responsible for it. But he, yeah. he apparently was at work and then he went to a gym across yeah. the street. You know, it's 2017. I'm assuming there's cameras and some sort right. of like car device to sign into those uh, facilities. Um, but, you know, for, to do something like this, it's it's in my opinion, you know, a couple of reasons. Right. You know, when you stage something like this. It's, you know, self-gratification if you're staging them in a in a certain particular position for uh, to to relive the crime scene. You know, you'll take pictures and things or person will take pictures and things of that nature. And that's why they probably had like in the Ronald Logan 
uh, search warrant that they were, and probably also in Richard Allen's, but they were looking for camera devices and things like that. It's because of the staging aspect. You know, it's, um, it's when people are wired wrong, you know, that's what they get off on. And so they'll take pictures of those type of things. Uh, another reason would be if they were trying to leave a message, whether it was a mark or, you know, their own mark, if it was uh, a ritualistic type of thing, that, that would be a self, you know, message or sending a message to somebody else. You know, and I, I think if you look at the area, is it, um, is that like, is that the capital area of, of Odinus? I, I've never heard of this before. You know oh. what I'm saying? Well, I think there, there's definitely a lot more Odinus around there than what people think. <laughs> Shit, I didn't even know that Nick Edwards, the one that sent me the message before, was an Odinist. And then I went to his Facebook, and he's got freaking Odin, Odinism City. And that's the one that that was the whole Garrett Kurtz line, Sheena Palladino line. And but anyways, I decided because somebody asked me if, the, uh, if I had a picture of Nick, and I went to his Facebook, and I'm like. Dude, he's literally dressed up for freaking Halloween, like a you know, got a hatchet and he's got but he's got his whole Odinism stuff. And this is mm -hmm. when I probably realized I'm like, dang, you people are all over the place that do Odinism, probably. Right. Probably a lot more than what people think I'm thinking. Because here you have like Chris Mathis with Odin runes, you know, uh astro runes or whatever on his neck. And it's like every time you turn around and you but because I we heard of Odinism like a long time ago, but you know it wasn't something I dived into. Uh, we were looking yeah. at uh, gangs and and uh, Blaine was talking about runes and stuff like that. Um, but it was only when this came out. Then all of a sudden it's like, hey, that's what's on Chris Mathis' neck is these Odin runes, you know. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like hindsight's kind of showing you that there's a lot more people that are into that stuff, you know. Are they to y'all's knowledge, are there any bikers in the family, like uh, gangs, oh, yeah. bike gangs? Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, the victims' families. I mean, bike bike gangs or bike clubs. I don't know. I mean, but there are definitely. Um, I think both that, sides, both both of the victims' families are um, associated with um, with bikers. Bikers. Right. How far that? No, goes? no. Right, right, right. No, it's because I've heard that the Odinism gang was something like a bike gang, like a motorcycle. Well, that's gang. what I always joke. I'm like, you know, I'm like, so who's really into Odinism and who just watched the Viking show and Sons of Anarchy? <laughs> I think that's how Big Blue got involved. Blue, you had a couple of questions written down. Um, what do you got, man? Yeah, yeah. So one of the questions I had was, um, you mentioned one of them got bailed out. Did, did they say how much he had to pay for bail? Like, what's it? Uh... Um, Sonny, do you remember? I think it was $250 cash, I believe, or $1,000, oh. whatever, whatever the term is. Are you talking about Mitch, uh, Westerman? Mitch, yes. Mitchell Westerman, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'd have to go back and look at it. Like, I don't know, 1000 $250. It was very um, in, inconsequential, Nominal. though. Yeah, because yeah, he, he probably would have only got charged with like a misdemeanor, right? Maybe. Yeah, yeah it was a misdemeanor a, it, conversion charge or whatever. Um, okay. So meaning, you know, nothing major. Yeah, because it would have been nothing to unlive yourself over. Yeah. Fran yeah. exactly. I mean, Gold threatened to arrest all these people, you yeah. know, in her statements there, but that was comical to me. <laughs> 
you know, when it came to the guy that took his life, it was probably more of a situation where I wouldn't be surprised if law enforcement maybe have told him that, you know, bigger charges could be coming, especially if the girls weren't clothed. And he may have assumed the worst and thinking that it was going to be a, a much bigger charge than what it could have been, you know? Right. And so it's, I think, uh, that, yeah. I think that's probably what happened there. I, think uh, I had yeah. issues before that myself personally. Well, you know, and sadly both, both um, the person that took their own life and the person that, that was charged and arrested um, in this league, they're both, um, they're both um, veterans and, um, mm -hmm. you know, I know that, you know, Mitch Westerman, I think he served five tours in the Middle East. And I'm not going to allude to someone's mental state and what might bond people, but Mr. PTSD, <laughs> PTSD can do a lot to people. Yeah. And um, it definitely is a factor in, you know, how heavy I'm willing to speak negatively about either of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a joke that he, um, his title was compliance and ethics officer for uh, Mitch. You know, it's kind of ironic to what he did, you know, uh, definitely. But, mm. it, you know, it, it's sad because it is what it is. You know, there's no turning back time. Uh, the pictures are out there. They, you know, whatever his reasoning was behind it, um, you know, unless he ever speaks up and says and tells, um, it's just more of a, an assumption of why it was done, you know. And like I said, I believe it was so that they could project it, you know, kind of like the whole 136 thing. It was just, you know, oops, <laughs> you know, here's 136 memorandum telling about the crime scene and everything and blah, 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 blah. There you go, public. Oops, you know, type of thing. I don't know. I, the, the the one aspect, okay. No, Let's sorry. Go ahead. No, no problem. Yeah. The one aspect that I've been thinking about is, has anybody talked to the families after the release of the photos? And see how they felt. I haven't seen it anywhere, like yeah. that I know. Well, um, yeah, they're not they're not happy. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much yeah. it. They're they're not happy. Um, hence why um, Becky said, "You want to look at photos? Here's some photos. Look at the girls." And then she put pictures of Abby and Libby, you know, in their beautiful state. Yeah. Um, so well, they're of course not happy. Were they, were they thinking of a civil lawsuit against the lawyers for the leakage? That's what I'm, that's another question. I'm not thinking much of that, but you know, that's you know, absolutely probably possible. I mean, I don't know what I, I'm not a lawyer, and it, yeah. you know, so I don't know if any of us would know what grounds that yeah. would be. But um, I have seen a message also where you know, um, one of the family members talked about the photos a little bit more intimately, and um, it was heartbreaking to read because you know. You know, she talked about, you know, I mean, these were, this was a 13 and a 14 year old girl. So, you know, imagine um, unclothed photos of a 13 or 14 year old girl going around social media and just the natural insecurities we have throughout all of our lives, but especially when we're that age. Right. And what that, what kind of weight that would have on, on someone's memory of someone. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, I haven't seen anything about them. So the family. Yeah, did, it's so. it's really sad that the victims keep getting victimized in all this. To be honest with you, that's what's heartbreaking. At the end of the day, I don't, you know, what whether it's Richard Allen or not, the the jury of the peers will decide. 
you know, if there's enough evidence to convict him type of idea. It's just about Abby and Libby. You just want justice. And yeah. you feel so horrible that the families have to keep going through these. I don't They're bigger than hiccups. Um, but, you know, that they keep having to suffer and they can't ever seem to get to that point where, you know, they get, gets to trial that maybe at some point that there's some possible, I hate to call it closure, you know, that's what I feel bad for is that you just want Abby and Libby to get their justice. If Richard right. Allen is a um, perpetrator, you know, that harmed those poor girls and whatever, and he's found, you know, uh, guilty in, a, uh, in the court system, then so be it. You know, you just want a fair trial both ways, but you want um, the families to go through not as much suffering as those poor families have been going through, honestly. Right. It's just one thing after another, sadly. Yeah, and sadly, my thought prayers go out to them because they're reliving it day by day. The more, you know, it keeps being brought up. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Richard Allen's family, too, I, I will say, you know, you know, Everyone deserves a fair, um, a fair trial, and you know my heart goes out to the family of Richard Allen as well because they now have to deal with this year-long, you know, um, um, well, wow. extension to the to the trial, um, and you know he's got to sit inside that facility for another year awaiting trial. Um, Grant, I I personally believe um, that that's all because of the actions that were taken by his prior defense team. Um, and I hold them to responsible for that. But, um, but the casualties in that are, you know, not just Libby and Abby's family, even though they are the most important, but Richard Allen and, and his family, you know, should be noticed as well because, you know, they, they should have the rights as well. Right. Um, here recently, there was a, uh, court, uh, transcript of the, um, I guess in court session that the judge had with Richard Allen's previous uh, attorneys. Did you find anything in there that was alarming? Did you find anything in there that you would um, say, you know, the judge was improper, wrong, made a mistake, shouldn't have done that type of uh, any of those type of things? We'll start off with you, uh, uh, Sunny, and then Aspen. Well, that's what this is all going through now. If she overstepped her grounds and if not um did she not um did she uh take away richard allen's sixth amendment right that's exactly what all this paperwork and that we're going through now so you know only because we're not lawyers and that's why travis you know so kindly comes on or the defense diaries you know talks about it and stuff like that um at Pro uh, prosecutors podcast like so it's one of those things that for me i don't know that process so Mo almost everyone that's talking is saying like that's a lawyer is saying that yeah she took away richard allen's sixth amendment rights and that's not right she's breaking the acr rules um and again and then the process of while well, we are at telephone calls and emails and that they're saying that they were ambushed that they should have been at least prepared to show their side and stuff like that um and that she didn't follow the proper process of how it's supposed to go you know, then you hear Kara talking on the defense diaries and most lawyers, oops, I'm blurry. Hold on. Most lawyers, <laughs> um, they literally um, have no clue what's exactly going to happen at the end of the day. And that's what we're in the midst of right now. Hmm. So, yeah. 
I, well, I'm, I mean, just, I'm just waiting to see. I think I think I read through some of it. I haven't read through all of it, but I've read through some of it. And from my understanding, it was that the judge found the actions of the defense attorneys to be uh, negligent and so bad that they were going to be taken off of the case regardless. Right. And that she basically gave them an option, either withdraw or I'm going to have to bring this out in public, which could, you know, yeah, it, it could hinder their reputation. It could also cause an issue with their license, things like that. And and, and that, from my understanding, that's where it went. It wasn't necessarily a threat. It wasn't necessarily any of those things. It was like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Um, you can prevent it if you want to you know, withdraw. It's up to you, but my intentions are to do this. And I don't see how that's that's bad. Well, I think I agree it, with you, it, it really, right. It, I mean, it really just boils down to, did Judge Frangal follow the proper protocol? You know, so those are the two really issues there. Did she follow the proper protocol for that October 19th, which she basically said, look, you know, like I'm going to be disqualifying you guys from the team. So you can either do it this way or else we're going to do it in the uh, the hearing in a sense. And basically, you're going to be off the case. And then the Sixth Amendment part, like that's really is that's what's up in the air. If did, did she give him uh, an ultimatum at any point? Have you all read it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so was there an ultimatum there like, hey, either withdraw or. I'm going to file this or is it more like, hey, this is what's going to happen to you. And they're like, well, we'll just withdraw. Yeah. Is more I, the latter. The second I, part. The second part is how I mostly took that as like, here's, you know, like um, these are your options. Think about what you want to do. Um, but this is the way um, it's going to go. Right. Um, that's how so, yeah, I mean, she, she said, you know, you know, this is, you know, we can you I can you know, you can either withdraw or the state can present their witnesses present their case i'll read a statement and you'll be disqualified so that's what you know where like the whole like you know conundrum like falls is do you take that as an ultimatum or do you take that as she gave them options mm. and that's what the supreme court will have to decide well i thought the supreme court said that they weren't going to decide the Supreme Court has not issued a decision yet. The um, what, like the Attorney General filed a response today, and Judge Gold filed a response today, um, and now the um, Supreme Court has an indefinite amount of time to either decide to hear the writ or deny the writ. Huh. Yeah, I guess I I took this wrong. I, I want to. <clears throat> Yeah, because the proper steps of go to the lower courts first, and then if they lose their appeals, then they go to the higher courts. Right. Yeah, I just swore I read something that uh, the Supreme Court said that there were other courts that had to go through first. But I could be wrong. I mean, uh, it may have been something completely different. Well, I, th I think the argument that the Supreme Court, or I can't remember if it was Judge Gull or the Supreme Court, because there were two filings made, um, in the response today, um, I, I can't remember which of them said that one of the reasons the Supreme Court should not hear it is because it should go through the lower courts first. Um, oh, gotcha. That's what it was. 
Steelers Sorry fans gifted five No, I was just saying Steelers fans. Steelers fans, aren't you uh, Copper Horse? Because um, that's your name on Twitter. Uh, gifted five Drunk Turkey Show memberships to people. Thank you, Steelers fans. She's not freeloading anymore. She's helping <laughs> out. That's actually my wife. Uh, she's. Um, oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a. Uh, she's a. Well, she's a Steeler fan because of marriage. But uh, <laughs> Copper Horse has that name on Twitter. Steelers fan, and that's why no. you know is that Copper Horse? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And then Marcy E became a new member. Appreciate it. Uh, Groot's uh, her. Uh, his his or her membership for six months says love the intro. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Uh, Thank you guys. But it, but in a couple of days there should be a reply, um, you know, back, and then pretty much everyone said their piece, and I guess see how it just plays out from there, um, yeah. and see you know what what all transpires. All I'm waiting for is this stuff to you know get over with, get back to the case at hand. Um, get it back on track. That's all I care. All I care about is Ivy and Libby. Okay, and the families. That's it. That's it. Mm. You know, um, I, I for me personally, I, I was I wasn't expecting this big twist. Like Delphi has been a big twist, but I really wasn't expecting this whole Odinism angle to come out, and then this whole you know motion after motion and this leakage of photos and all that stuff. And you know, I'm just. I'm just prepared for, let's get to trial, you know, see what evidence the prosecutor has, you know, hopefully they better have something more than what they got, I would mm -hmm. think, but uh, we'll see, I guess, eh? Um, yeah. That's the place I want to get to, to be honest. I'm just, mm -hmm. now, I'm just kind of going through all this stuff just to get there, though. Sounds good. Having you got something? No, I was going to say, um, at this point, I think the best thing would be, you know, change of venue and let um, um, Richard Allen just keep his, you know, lawyers or choose whatever lawyer he wants, right? Um, and when it comes down to the judge, she, when it comes down to that, like, I think they should dismiss the judge. And because it's already, somehow it's already, I guess, tainted. Because especially because the, the, the town's so small, right? I would have thought they would have changed that out real quick, like you no, know, the venue at least. Well, but can I answer like, that's the case, uh, right? They they, uh, they they didn't change the venue of the um, trial, but they did change where the jury pool was going to come from. Yeah, so yeah. the trial is going to take place in Carroll County, Indiana, um, as of now at least. Um, but the jury pool is going to come from Allen County, Indiana, um, which is Fort Wayne. Whereas Carroll County is more like closer to Indianapolis. Um, so that was their answer to like the whole, like, um, could we get an impartial jury? And they decided they could get a better jury from a different county in Indiana. And they, I think they felt like that was cheaper than moving the whole trial out of county. Yeah. Just to bring in a jury from a different county. So at this, at this point, the best thing to do, they're, they're already doing that, right? Is just to maybe... Bring another judge in, and, and just keep that's the lawyers the in court. Right? Yeah, that's that's the best thing they can do, right? Because if that, it's just going to be, if this is, keeps on going, it, it ain't going to be October. So keep on going farther and prolonging and prolonging. What would your guys' yeah. personal opinions be, like Daniel and uh, Jaime and Big Blue? Like, 
would you like to see uh, Fran Gall and like just, you know what, here's new lawyer, uh, new judge, you know, new lawyers. Um, like what, 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 as a personal opinion, just what would you like to see happen? Well, I'll start off. I, I think that what Richard Allen's attorneys did was wrong. And even if they had no control over it, over it, if it was somebody going into their, you know, somebody they trusted or whatever the case may be, they're still responsible for it, you know? And that's what happens, you know, when you're like, if it was a business owner and a crooked employee did something, the business owner would have to pay the dues for it. You know, the, the whoever is, you know, that's why they get paid the big bucks, right? That's why they're, those lawyers get paid quite a bit. They have a staff, they pay their staff They're They take on the risk. And that risk is if you're going to hire a staff and whether it's now or in the future, if you don't take those, um, you know, uh, steps before things happen uh, to prevent things, those preventative steps, no, you're, you're, you're just as, you know, you're at fault. You're at wrong. So I think that their, their lawyers should be removed. Basically also being because if Richard Allen loses this, and all he has to do is say, is like, hey, I had some crappy lawyers. He, and even if he does sign something, he's still going to say, well, like, hey, man, I was eating my own papers. I really didn't know what I was talking about. Uh, and my lawyer screwed me over. Right. And so that's that's the first thing he can appeal. When it comes to the judge and all this stuff that's going on, um, you know, it depends. You know, did she do something wrong? Like. If she did, then yeah, she she should be removed. If she didn't do anything wrong, now I don't think that it's a um, it's a slippery slope to go down, uh, you know, to perhaps like a, a defense attorney just kind of argue things, you know, when there's a judge that they don't like, so that that way they can get the the judge removed over and over again until they get a judge that they feel will you know go in their favor. When it comes to motions, when it comes to evidence, when it comes to a lot of those type of things, so that one's that one's a question mark, though, you know, because you have the optics behind it. You have, I think it was her Facebook friend who was ended up being the attorney assigned to it. You talking about Labrador? Yeah, I'm not sure which one, but uh, yeah, I know one of them the, was. He's the um, he. I mean, he's the primary. I think um, public defender for Allen County, Indiana, which is the county that she's also from. That she's a uh, a trial court from trial court judge from. Right, and that was the other thing. Like, all this attention is bringing that up in that county. You know, all the news because these are the judge, the prosecutor, the or uh, the public defender, and so it's not. You're kind of tainting that jury pool as well in my opinion, because um, when that information's out there, they're going to be able to see it. It's, it's affecting their area. You know, it's going to be in their local news. So my opinion, I think you should just kind of start it over. New judge, new new prosecutor, new uh, defense attorneys, and just say, hey, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, Richard Allen, it's unfortunate, but would you rather us go forward and you end up having potentially your life taken away from you because, you know, I don't think it's been stated whether or not they're going to ask for the death penalty in this one yet. Have they? They have not. They have not. And 
it's a um, there's a uh, enhancement in Indiana law that if uh, kidnapping is part of the crime, that it is a um, a possible death penalty crime. And so because they're charging him with felony murder and and adding that stipulation in there in his enhancement or as part of the deal, the, the kidnapping aspect of it, you know, I, I think you would tell him, like, look, your attorney screwed up. I understand you want them back, but they screwed up so badly uh, that it could really affect you. And your life is literally on the line here. And it's probably in your best interest to just start over completely. I know it's going to take some time and that sucks, you know, but the best thing to do right now. So that way he gets a fair trial. That way the victims get justice. If it ends up being what ends up happening, that he's found guilty or whatnot, because let's just say he's found guilty. And then he goes and appeals it and they find something there. And then it's just going to prolong it and make it even longer. So might as well do it right the first time, in my opinion. What do you think, Big Blue? I know you're chomping at the bits to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. For, uh, for my opinion, I believe they should get a new uh, um, a defense for him. Um, like you said, the first thing he's going to say is if it goes wrong and he... And he uh, fails is that you know they were getting charged for you know negligence and y'all still let them you know take my case mm-hmm. even though I wasn't competent you know there was like a back and forth thing because even if they are let like let's say it goes their way right that what they want they I, I read I heard the, the the recording earlier they want the new judge replaced. And within that judge being replaced, they want the court hearing within 70 days. You know, that, is uh, that, you know, going to give him enough time for all this to pass over? I don't think so. Um, so I think I'm not sure if, if he gets a guilty trial then, then he's going to say, um, I think it's going to be another excuse. So either way. I think, you know, it'd be better if they get a new defense attorney. It's going to give them a year to set up their case. Well, less than a year now because it's first October, right? So maybe they'll have to push it back again. I don't know how long the actual defense attorney sh- should get when they get reassigned a new. I know some of them don't get much. They get a few weeks sometimes in the real world. This is, I've seen defense attorneys say, hey, this got dropped on my lap. You know, I gotta take care of it. So, I don't know, man. We'll see. What about you, Hannah? What are your thoughts? Um, first of all, um, it's a, it's a shit show, right? Yeah, it's a pretty much shit show. That's that's a, that's a given. And this this stuff about uh, bringing the jury pool from what was it from um, Fort? Uh, what Al- was it? Allen County, Fort Wayne. From from Fort Wayne, yeah. That that's that's fuck the money, man. It, justice needs to be served. This shit, man. You know what I mean? Fucking change venue. Judge no longer there. Let Allen fucking keep his uh, lawyers if he wants. Um, at the end of the day, shit, they should fucking uh, tell him not to that he, he can appeal if he keeps them. That way, he can make up his mind if he keeps them or, or changes them out. Because, yeah, you know, what I mean, like have a like some sort of clause that you can't appeal no matter what the the outcome of it is. 
because right. the longer that it goes on, the you know the longer that these victims and the families go without justice, and that, that's not right, man. When it comes down to it, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, Sleuthy Goosey says they're charging him with that because they believe he they can prove Alan was a party to the kidnapping them, not subsequently, not because they died, and not that he physically was the one who unalived them. I don't think so. So, you know, when it comes to like certain laws, an enhancement is usually like a more severe crime. It's usually typically a little bit harder to prove. So if you're there charging somebody with a uh, a, a more severe crime than just murder, like felony murder uh, has the the enhancement with it. Like, oh, they also committed another offense alongside with it. It's actually a lot more difficult to to prove or to. Um, charge somebody with than it is to charge them with just the regular murder because the only thing they have to do is charge when, when it comes to the murder aspect is prove that they or or charge them or, or whatever is prove that they took that person's life and that they're responsible for it you know to prove the felony aspect of it to to enhance it so that it's a death penalty you also have to now prove that he kidnapped him and we have you know this audio and this video that shows them you know, going, you know, him saying guys down the hill on this gun. So in my opinion, if the gun is showing up, then it's probably there. So uh, I, I strongly disagree with that. An enhancement is typically harder to prove. Thus also typically means they got more evidence than what they probably are saying if they're willing to, you know, throw out that enhancement out there. And it's kind of like, in, for instance, like if we were to look at this, um, like in the, for instance, the state of Texas, you have something called burglary felony burglary and then you have like sexual assault which would be the equivalent right. to the r word right if somebody breaks in to somebody's house and commits an r you know and, and then leaves you know do you think that the police officer that's investigating that crime is going to charge him with a sexual assault or burglary one it's going to be burglary one. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, whoa, why are they going to charge him with burglary? One is because burglary one is a first degree felony and sexual assault is a second degree felony. You're going to charge them with the higher charge right now. Burglary one is when you break into somebody's house Bad. with the attempt to commit an, a sexual assault or, or, or a, a physical assault or things of that nature. It's an enhancement. So now you have to prove two aspects or two elements of the same crime. You understand? So, so it's actually a lot more difficult to prove versus, um, you know, just charging them with the simple burglary because or the simple sexual assault. Now, when it comes to that aspect, if if it's just non-consexual, you know, sexual assault, then, you know, just basically having the, you know, her saying, yeah, you know, I didn't let this person do this and this person came on to me, whatever the case may be. It's easier to prove that aspect than also like, you know, if the guy came in and said, hey, well, she invited me over this, that and a third. Well, that's not really a burglary. Right. If if he was allowed in and then things took a turn, you know, that would be a, a sexual assault, not the burglary aspect. So it would have to the elements have to meet the crime. And there's a lot more elements when it comes to an enhancement. So I wouldn't look at them charging him felony murder as a way of them not being able to prove something it's 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 quite the opposite it's very much so the opposite does that make sense to everybody sleuthy yeah. says correct but this isn't an enhancement enhancements are listed as such thing as people they were pregnant and dismembered etc 
it all it also says a kidnapping as one of the reasons for felony murder and it's not so much an enhancement you're right see burglary one is not an enhancement to sexual assault it's a different charge it's a it, it is completely different uh it, it's just the lingo of enhancement it's a higher charge for something and when you have a higher charge or a higher penalty for instance with murder uh and and in in indiana felony murder and the kidnapping aspect makes it higher charge because it's a death penalty charge right so it's not an enhancement on the sexual assault like a sexual assault enhancement would have been like priors things like that then it would be essay um you know two priors this that and a third and then it will enhance that that offense you you have other offensement offenses that in, um we call them enhancements but they're separate charges but they're higher charges so burglary one has a higher penalty there's a possibility of a death penalty that's been you know it's in my opinion that's why it's charged that way i, I highly doubt highly highly 100 doubt uh, that it's because they can't prove that he actually took their lives they charged him with murder they charged him with murder that means they're charging him with taking their lives if they couldn't prove that he took their lives they would charge him with kidnapping right but they charged him with felony murder right. so it's i just wanted to clear that aspect up yeah thank you you're welcome i mean, I mean like I said, if it was just the the kidnapping aspect of it, and that's all they can charge, then they would charge them with kidnapping. They wouldn't charge them with felony murder. You know, th th there's elements of a crime that have to be met, and it's like intentionally, knowingly, uh, therefore committed a crime that you know took the life of this person or deprived the life of such and such, and and all of those elements have to meet the crime for you to charge them. And that that has to go before judge. The judge has to see those elements and say, all right, did Richard Allen knowingly, intentionally deprive the lives of these people while also, you know, forcibly taking them away from a certain place? If the answer is yes, then then the, the charge is an enhanced or a higher charge of felony burglary or felony murder. I hope that makes sense. D did that make sense to you, Big Blue? I know you're looking at me yeah. kind of confused a little bit. No, I, I, I understood it completely. Yeah, I understand. All right, cool, cool. I just want to make sure because, um, you know, I just want to make sure. I don't I don't want to be uh, inaccurate or, or have an inaccurate. And, and you know, it's something that the um, Supreme Court argued <clears throat> or something that the, the state of Indiana argued in their um, Supreme Court response today. Um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Was that um, the issues that the defense team was putting before the um, Supreme Court don't constitute legal standing to be there at the moment they're there they you know they're saying that that these are issues that should be brought up on an appeal basis which again you know is that satisfactory for you know anyone involved no but is that the correct legal you know reasoning possibly and that'll be up for the indiana supreme court to decide um but i think that you know there there's an argument and i'm not taking a side in this but i think there is an argument that you know rich allen even has more of a reason to say he had ineffective assistance of counsel now that there is this huge argument against the ex-defense team 
because if Richard Allen gets convicted, he could, what's going to stop him from saying, my ex-defense team, you know, this, or if say they get reinstated, what would stop him from saying this was ineffective um, assistance of counsel? And there's this reason, this reason, and this reason, they're all now court documented, um, you know, um, not even just accusations, but, um, but um, admittances that, you know, that, you know, came from those two attorneys. Gotcha. Right. And hold on one sec. And, and like I was saying, and, and the thing is, too, when it comes to, and I just want to just reiterate one other thing on that last thing we we're talking about. It's, it's the defense's team that is accusing or saying that there were other people involved. It's not the prosecution who's saying that there's other people involved, right? So when the prosecution says that there's not other people involved at this point because they're not charging anybody else, uh, then they're basically charging solely Richard Allen and charging him with felony murder, which they're accusing him of not just kidnapping the girls, but also taking their lives. Okay. Now, if there was something out there that said, yeah, you know, we're, you know, um, there's other people involved, things like that. But from all indications, even uh, I think the defense's paperwork state, when they asked law enforcement if there was an open investigation, if there was somebody else involved, if, if Brad Holder had something to do with this, uh, then, then they tell them, you know, the defense team, they advised them to ask Richard Allen if Brad Holder had, you know, hired him or told him to do it or did whatever those things. So law enforcement and prosecution think that it's one man show. In my opinion, I haven't seen anything that right. says otherwise from prosecution. Now, you know, prior to Richard Allen's arrest, was there anything that said that there could have been multiple people uh, or did the prosecution or law enforcement say uh, that there was multiple people? Yeah, I think even after his arrest, they said that they didn't want to um, release things because they were still investigating possible other people involved. But that was a long time right. ago, you know. You know, what what was what they knew then may not know, may not be what they know now. And what they know now might only put Richard Allen there and what they knew then may not know. You know what I mean? I think the biggest misconception when it comes to law enforcement and cases is people assume that evidence is there day one altogether in a, in a, in a folder. Like, for instance, in the Brian Koberger case, um, we get a lot of folks that tell us, hey, you know, they knew Brian Koberger's name since November 25th. They had his name then, blah, blah, blah. And, and my, my response is, yeah, November 29th, they found his car. But that officer didn't, you know, teleport to, to Moscow, get in front of, you know, Sergeant Payne and say, hey, I found the car. No, he had to write up a report. That report had to go up the chain of command and had to cross over and it had to be sorted through the thousands of tips that they had. So just because his name came up that day doesn't mean that it was in the hands of Sergeant Payne, just like in the Richard Allen case where Richard Allen went and told them supposedly, um, you know, what, February 2017, where he was, but he didn't become a suspect until here recently. Right. Um, so do you guys think that are, are there more people involved? We'll start with you, Aspen. Do you think it's a one-man show? See you later, Big Blue. I know you got to work. Yeah, I got to go to work. Blue. Nice seeing you all again. Y'all take care. Funny, nice seeing you again, okay? Have a good night, Big Blue. Big Blue. Oh, I love you, buddy. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you again, too. Thank you.
Charmaine, I got my heating pad. Thank you. My husband just brought it to me. <laughs> um, on there. Yeah. I, and, and I don't know, Sunny and I, Sunny and I's answers might differ on this a little bit, but um, I will say that given the information that I have so far and what I've seen so far, um, I feel like if there were other parties involved that they could prove or that there was real evidence pointing towards, we would have seen another arrest by now. So at this moment, unless I see evidence that I've not seen yet, um, I'm going to say that, that whoever committed this crime um, alone. Hmm. What do you think, Sonny? Do you think it was a, a single person job or do you think there's a possibility? Well, I was all convinced that it was more than one person for sure. But then I was convinced about a lot of other things that have come to <laughs> to be wrong as well. So um, I think, so I got to the point, um, especially after seeing the pictures, that one person could do this um, because we, although the pictures don't show the uh, crime scene fully, well, I don't see any freaking big ass bunny in there. And I don't see a lot of the things that have been going around uh, from Robert Lindsay and stuff like that. And that's just to the point of seeing in the sense around the girls um, so when I just see so far, knowing that there's like the sticks and how they're placed and stuff like that, it's definitely one person that's capable, um, of doing it. So I was, I've, I, let me put it this way. It took me a long time to probably get here, but, and, and then they said that they were gonna, that they're, you know, that more people could be involved in the prosecution. I just wanted to say too, that I think that the prosecution, um, in general, like meaning that this whole thing of. Abby and Libby's case, I think that they all suck. All of them from both sides. They just suck. They have yeah. legitly. Okay. From the screw ups to the mess ups. It's just ridiculous um, of it all from the calling off to the dogs, to the not taking the sticks, you know, et cetera. But, and then we keep hearing rumors lately about stuff. I'm hmm. going to stick with one person. Um, did this. My gut was never there, but I'm willing, after I seen the crime scene photos, to believe that one person could have committed this. Richard Allen, where the heck did he come from? No freaking clue. He just pops out of there, out of, you know, all these meth heads, all these other people and stuff like that. All of a sudden, this guy, Richard Allen, just pops out of nowhere. But do they have a bullet? Do they have confessions? Do they have this? We'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. So at this point, I want to say this, Daniel, I have no clue about this case anymore. No clue. <laughs> I, I'll say this. As far as, you know, my opinion goes on it, uh, I haven't seen the pictures myself, so I, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know if it's a one-person gig or not. I think prosecution thinks it's a one-person gig. Um, you know, I think that when, when everything comes down to it, I think I think the Kleins ended up being a, um, mis not so much misdirection purposefully, but kind of like, um, you know, this guy was being a uh, dirty douche or whatever you want to call him. And he was um, contacting young ladies in that area. And unfortunately, Libby was was one of them, you know, but I don't, I'm not 100 percent certain that he had anything to do with the actual um, the actual crime that was committed, the murders themselves. 
Sorry, I'm talking about um, Keegan Klein. Oh, Keegan Klein. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think he was involved. No. You know, I thought that maybe perhaps he sold a a phone or something like that. I thought maybe that was his involvement. You know, but I, I don't know. I I I, I hear um, Fields' statements. Elvis Fields. I almost called him Justin Fields, which is the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, don't sue me, Justin. Um, <laughs> you know, I. I his his words are a little bit concerning. You know his statements. He he. I do believe that he state he said what he said. Whether or not they're real or true, I don't know. Uh, but I do find it to be kind of weird. Some of the statements that he says. Right. Well, you know, can I can I mention that you know I I've, I've heard a lot of people like use that exact thing as an argument for Rich Allen's innocence. No, I don't you think know, he's innocent. And 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 what I'm about to say, you know, it can be flipped on two sides of one, of the, of a coin. But I find a lot of people that are trying to claim that Richard Allen's innocent by saying that um, Elvis Fields admitted to the crime, but in doing so, they're also ignoring the fact that allegedly Richard Allen admitted to the crime. So you know, I feel like there's so much. Um, selective um information that's going into people's um, yeah. narratives when they talk about this case and i just i feel like the, you know and again i i realize that you know the same people that say oh well if you want to believe richard allen's confession then why don't you believe elvis fields so i get that but then you know you could also play into the Nothing. two or three other people that have committed that have admitted to this crime prior to these two so yeah. I just find you can't you can't you can't pick and choose which information you want to well, you want to use when you're making an argument. Yeah, I mean, Richard, and I think objectivity is important for everyone. Sorry, Sonny. Absolutely, no, 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 no. I'm cutting you off here, so I'm sorry. But my my thing is this: we we went down this whole Elvis Fields the other day. Uh, remember, I told you before, uh, Danielle, that you know I never really cared about the guy because I don't even believe in the whole Odinism line. But you know, we we talked about it because I, I did become interested in it. Bottom line is Richard Allen says he's there. He was there, you know, um, at the uh, Monon High Bridge that day. He's got say got confessions going on, whatever. You got a bullet, an unspent round, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Where can you? Where's the DNA? Where's the antlers off of Elvis Fields? Let alone he didn't have a car. You know, yeah, he might have said it to his sister in that, and his sister's going to pass a polygraph test because obviously he did. I just think with Elvis Fields, there's you could pretty much wipe away his own story, but like. DNA would be at that crime scene if he spit on the girls. I just think that that guy is like, um, you know, inserting himself like others do. But like I said, so you can sit there and pretty much take away his whole time frame, you know, with his phone, uh, like how he would get there, first of all. Um, mm -hmm. And again, usually there's a bunch of people that did list at, at one point, like a whole Odinism thing and stuff going on. There would be DNA. Come on now. Right. Someone would talk, whatever. Anyways, Elvis Fields. Uh, so for me, uh, after even looking at it more, like I said, th there's nothing to connect him besides what he said to his sister. There's nothing to mm. connect him to there that day. Um, but there is to Richard Allen. because he's Didn't he leave his phone at home or something like that that day? Like his phone has like no movement 
on that day. It was like at his house, right? Like suspiciously, no activity whatsoever. Right. So, like, right. but he was he, home. <laughs> maybe. I mean, he could be. He could be at home and just asleep, I, not on his phone. I, but I think. I think. I think the actual document said there was no. There was no activity on his phone from nine thirty a.m. until seven thirty p.m. If, if I remember correctly. Right. Um, Takes which two hours he lived, I mean, if you really want to deep dive the whole thing, he lived in Rushville, Indiana, which is two hours from Delphi. Um, he did not have a car or he did not, he didn't have a car. He didn't drive one of the two, but he would have had to have left his home by 6.30 a.m. to be spotted where people allege he may have been spotted at 8.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. But that then, you know, plays into... Well, then where was his phone at 9.30 a.m.? Because law enforcement clearly had that if that's the time they listed on in the legal document. So, right. You know, that would be an easy answer to that, which the defense team, when they made that that statement, they didn't answer. And that's assuming that, the, that. Right. That's assuming that the person that they saw at 8.30 or 9.30 in the morning uh, was, in exactly. fact, Elvis Fields. Because he said, I think he, he said that there was you know, two other people involved in this. He said it was him and two other guys. So let's assume that one being Richard Allen and and him himself, is it possible somebody from Delphi was out there checking the trails, maybe perhaps uh, doing something out there? Because, you know, there's, I don't see any way possible where this is not premeditated and this is not planned to have happened at that point, at that time. Now, to those victims, is it possible that they are random? It's possible. Now, if we were to go look at the at the probable cause affidavit, and let's just take Richard Allen's name out of it. Somebody drove on 300 North heading towards the CPS building and parked there. Right. Somebody was walking at the trail at 126 that these three juveniles or at 130 that these three juveniles saw after they took a picture at 126 on a bench. Right. And somebody committed you know this crime if if this was on purpose right why would they be coming from you know that direction you know, let me just pull it up because i know it's kind of confusing why would they be traveling on 300 north heading towards the cps building from the back now in the in the probable cause affidavit it does not mention richard allen being seen leaving the area it doesn't say that he left back on 300 North. It doesn't say that he left, but you know, the other direction, you know, which tells me that he probably left the other direction. And if they don't have any video of him heading the other direction, then the reason why he's coming down 300 North, the other direction isn't because he's trying to elude cameras. All right. So let me, let me pull up Google earth real quick. Yeah, please. Because I want to be able to explain this. <clears throat> the only reason, like, like, yeah, give me a second. Yeah, I'm gonna pull this up real quick. All right. Let me uh, preset this. Share screen. All right. So let's just say this is uh, Richard Allen, right? Richard Allen lives here. This is Delphi, Indiana. This is Richard Allen's home. This is Richard Allen's work. 
right? And this is the city of Delphi. Richard Allen was traveling apparently at 126 westbound on 300 north. My question was always, why is he traveling on this back road heading in this direction? Like, you're moving the most around so fast. Which, sorry? So, this is 300 north, right? This is where he's captured at like 1 30 in the morning on that Hoosier Harvest Store video. And he's traveling westbound. He lives westbound of this area and his workplace is westbound. My question was always, why is he traveling from this direction? Could he be coming from the cemetery? Could he be coming from Ron Logan's house? Well, if I'm not mistaken, Kyle Davis showed us a map, um, basically, that and he kind of had the route going almost like back the back way and then coming past it on the uh, west side. Um, I remember Kyle Davis drew a map a while ago um, of which way he would have gone, um, which was more the way that you're, in a sense, the back way, and then coming up, obviously going west past the Hoover's uh, Harb store. All right. Away, because that's a way that a lot of people do if they want to, I think, avoid like the lights and whatever, the traffic. Right. Well, why wasn't he picked up coming back out of there then? Exactly. And I feel like we had this exact conversation like the first time Sonny and I were on because that's a question that has remained. Why was he coming from that from that direction? Yeah. Um, and where did he head after? Right. Well, what, what, what else do we know? Like, let's just assume that this is Richard Allen. This is 100% speculation. Let's just assume it's Richard Allen. He's coming from uh, 300 North. Let's just say he left his house. You know, how would he get there? What's the fastest way? Well, the fastest way is going to be this road right here. And, you know, he'd, he'd leave his house here and then it'd be this road and it'd go all the way straight till you got to this intersection here. And then this road goes straight up to you hit 300 north and then you can get there. But why go in this big old loop? Well, Abby's house is right here. You know, and if he's passing through here, I asked Greeno, he, he was on the show not too long ago, if from here you can see Abby's home. And he said, yeah. So if he's if he's traveling around this big old loop, one reason could be he's checking on Abby's home. Another reason could be, and, and this was one of the questions when we had Steve on. He he's the uh, retired CSI guy who's also investigating or, or talking about this case he's as well. Web. Yeah. Yes. You know, and and we're talking with him, and and one of the things that we we talked about is like, all right, if this was like a kidnapping gone wrong. You know, why is he going to walk from here? How is he going to kidnap them from here and take them all the way to the CPS building? I don't think it's a kidnapping gone wrong. Right. Like I used to think a long time ago. Right. I mean, so then there was an option. Right. So then it kind of leaves one, you know, one motive. One thing is it was always going to be somebody's life was going to be taken. All right. right. So um, is it possible? And, and that's where I'm thinking. All right. So. What else do we know? We know that when the juveniles walked into the trail, they saw a guy walking back towards this area and he was walking with a purpose. Right. Right. Like he knew where like he needed to get somewhere. And shortly after is when Libby and Abby get dropped off. Now, my my thoughts are 
if he's over here at the property, not not known to Ronald Logan, like if he came out here and he parked at at, at the uh, cemetery, and let's just say that this was some sort of premeditated thing, and and he he anticipated that he was going to put these sticks and do this whole thing, right? Um, is it possible that he was setting up, and then he had been there a while? That's why he was dressed so heavy. And got word that the girls were going back, got back in his vehicle, left fastest way to uh, to get here and to park is right here. Ain't it? Well, no, there's a parking. There's a there's a designated parking area on the other side of 300. Um, if you just went off screen from it. But uh, um, right there. Um, re- Care about mirrors? No, no, no. Well, I mean, well, the mirrors would be the closest. But there is the um, the Freedom Bridge parking lot is is on the um, the left side there of the bridge. Is it accessible from three hundred north? Yeah. Well, I mean, like you see the parking lot right there where there's that white vehicle. Uh, white vehicle. No. Yeah. Go there. See the Freedom Bridge. That so go on the other side of the Freedom Bridge there. Yeah. The main parking area for the um, the trails is right there. Um, oh right yeah. Here? Yeah. Yeah. All That's right, the so. main parking area for the um the bridge. There is the mirrors lot. Um ah, so so here's the thing. I mean, it, we'd have to also be aware that that he was gonna put well, it depends. I mean, the mirrors lot is right here, right? Right. Unless he knew that they were gonna park there, he didn't want to park his car there. And then we don't know. Or if somebody else was parked there, maybe leaving at that time. Was there anybody leaving this area that morning around around one thirty, or that afternoon? Is that they stay on there that there's there's traffic there at one thirty? I'd have to reread the. Uh, I was going to say I'd have to by Kelsey. All right. So if he leaves here, you know, and he and he's in a rush, like let's just say Abby says, or, or let's just say he's in contact with these girls by a phone. Whatever, right? Let's say that that's the case, and, and he finds out that the the girls somehow he finds out that they're heading over there towards towards the bridge or towards the trail already, uh, and he's out here. He's gonna need to get there really quickly to beat them, right? Now, if he takes off from here, the fastest place or the best place to park, maybe not the best place, but one of the easiest places outside of that mirror spot. Or the next yeah. spot would be the CPS building. So maybe okay. something did deter him from this spot because it, he'd have to go up, cross over, park over here. He'd have to go up, cross over, and then park over here, get out of his vehicle, cross the Freedom Bridge, and get back over here before the girls get dropped off at the Mirrors Bridge. So I think that he's probably thinking that he's just going to park here and book it this direction. Let me see how far of a walk this is real quick. It's, to me, it's just also strange that someone would sit right. there and park that far away. I mean, I get it, I guess. Well, if, I think that goes to premeditation because why would you yeah. park that far away when there are multiple spots closer to park that you could have parked if you're planning a kidnap, like you said, Daniel. Um, and I think further than... And well, I've heard this argued by people that live in... that You're like, well, people... Why would you carry a firearm and a bladed weapon if you didn't plan to do something horrific that day? All right. 
Oh yeah, no, this guy planned this. All right, so yeah, it's it's a, it's a further walk too to the trail. It's 268 yards if he were to park across the highway, and it's 230 yards if you park at the old CPS building. So my thoughts are the reason why he's parking there then is it's the fastest way to get to the trail before the girls can get there. See, I right. think it was the most inconspicuous place because he also backed into the spot he parked at, which right. in Indiana, you don't need a front license plate. Mm -hmm. So if you back into a spot, you're concealing your license plate number. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but a lot of people park backwards. No, of course. Yeah. I just, but I mean, I feel like, you know, to park in an unnecessarily further distance and to park in a way that doesn't doesn't show your identity, um, you know, add to intent. Right. So, so I'm assuming, so, all right. So he's, he's heading this direction. He's parking there. He's, he's, he's hurrying up. You know, he gets on the bridge. Girls show up. He takes him down the bridge and brings him over here. And then he heads back. Now, according to the probable cause affidavit, they see him on, on the north side of 300. And the only reason I can think of is because at this time, I think there are people starting to look for the girls in the trails. I'm assuming, you know, this is wintertime, so I'm assuming that these trees are probably bare, and you probably can see a pretty good distance through here from the trail. And that the reason why he's up here, I'm assuming that this incline, because I know that, it, that from the river up to this tree line, at the very least, it's all uphill. So this is another assumption of mine that it continues either slightly at an uphill angle. I've, I've never been here, so I don't know. Uh, I'm assuming it, it, it continues uphill. And that maybe perhaps he had to stand on the other side of the road to not be visible from the trail. Yeah, I think forced him to comment about that, saying that he was on that side, to, like as if to distance himself from the, the other side of the road, you know, to make it seem like he was traveling on the opposite side of that street, which would make, you know what I mean? Instead of the actual side that the murders happened, kind of like, you know, when somebody distance themselves by putting themselves on the other side of the road almost not yeah. to you know you and know i think he I no no yeah for sure i think he he probably exited and came this let me let me draw this out real quick this is what i think happened is crime is committed exits here probably starts to walk this direction it's probably seen somewhere here and probably decides that can't get on this side of the roadway because he's closer towards the trail. Uh, can't stay on the highway because he'll be seen. And this is the way he ends up heading back to his, his vehicle. And that's why he's not seen on the Hoosier Harvest store camera. Right. I mean, they did make mention of that. Was that in the 136 page? Trying to remember. Um, that's about, also in the. It's in the probable cause affidavit that. that yeah, yeah in the probable. That's, that's what, sorry. I was reading a few different uh, documents recently, um, so I knew I read that somewhere about that. 
And and that would definitely be in the probable cause affidavit because it's it's corroborating evidence, especially now that he's saying that he was there at an earlier time or whatever the case may be. You know, they can put some put evidence together and say, hey, he's first initially stated that he was there between one thirty and three thirty. Uh, we have his video on camera traveling at this direction at one thirty. We have this vehicle traveling out of there at three thirty where he said he was. We have. Uh, what time did the muddy and bloody lady say she saw the person? Did it, does it state three fifty-seven? Well, that's it? pretty close to that's pretty close to three thirty. If you tell me, I mean, if you're looking at approximations, it's it's less than what twenty. It's less than half an hour. So, Adam, wasn't that three fifty-seven for um, the muddy and bloody lady? Is that Carbaugh? Oh. Adam, you're it muted is. if you don't know it. Yeah, Adam. he might be a stepped out. But, you know, I'm assuming that that's why there's no there's no uh, film of that. If it was him, if it wasn't, if that vehicle that passed by at 130 wasn't him, well, then, um, I mean, it could have been just anybody else's, you know, vehicle passing by. At that time, it doesn't necessarily have to be his. It, it just so happens to collide or coincide with um, with what his what his statement was. Mm -hmm. uh, like uh, Alexa thinks that this is like you know like a sexual fantasy um, that he had. I I can't wrap my brain or like not not that I cannot believe that with the some the evidence that they're showing that obviously you know only one person. Um, one male with that description was on there, you know, the path that they seen in a sense. Da, da, da. I just can't wrap my head around like Richard Allen in general, meaning just because there's no social media stuff, you know, and, it, and it's like somebody coming out of the woodwork in their mid forties going, you know, like, is it like, I don't know, like, like Alexa and the, that what we were talking about, like, is it a trigger, you know, like Brian Koberger, for instance, Right. There was a lot of shit stuff going around in his life. And next thing you know, you know, uh, like I said, the, the, you know, four beautiful young lives were taking type of thing. And, you know, he was member losing like uh, his teaching assistant job or whatever it was that he was, mm -hmm. you know, not, and he wasn't be able to become a police officer and stuff like that. And his old, you know what I mean? So like you can see that with Richard Allen, we don't know squat about him at all, really. And so I just have my have a hard time in my head wrapping my brain around that some mid 45 year old guy decided that he was going to on a school day on a snow day, you know, uh, would go down to the Monam Bridge and was on a mission in a sense, you know, like the girl said a purpose, because that's how I always thought on this purpose. And then all of this happened. And I just try to understand, like, like what if it is Richard Allen, like what possessed him to, you know, you can't put it. reason to an unreasonable mind, you know, um, just kind of like in, in, in the Brian Koberger case, you know, I was talking to, to a subscriber and, you know, they, they couldn't put their, they couldn't grasp their mind around it also. And I, and what I told them was, I was like, you know, there, there's the, there's the, there's a chance there that he's just a psycho. It's just crazy, you know, and, and you can't put sanity into it. Like, you know, 
and, and I told I told this person, I was like, let's let's talk about this. You know, when you look at somebody who can who's callous enough to take the lives of four people, do you, do you feel that there's like uh, empathy there? Do you feel that there's you know regret or remorse of what they've yeah. committed or done? You know, you look at the harshness and the uh, and the brutality of in the manner in which their lives were taken, and probably in, in both of these situations, right? You know, and and I'm ask I ask this person, I was like, do you think that? This person, the person that could commit this crime would probably have a feeling with remorse. I mean, have a problem with feeling remorse, have a problem with having feelings. And if the answer is, you know, yes, it's not doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, everybody who has that issue is, is going to become a cold blooded killer. Um, but if you have somebody in mind and they check mark that box, you know, because Brian Koberger had these statements out there that he had little to no remorse that, yeah. you know, he, he didn't have these feelings that he thought were supposed to be normal, that they were missing. And, well, I mean, that's something you would expect somebody, you know, to have something like that. You know, not necessarily saying that everybody that's like that or, or everybody that has problems with remorse and feelings are, are going to become a quadruple homicide you know, murderer, but it's kind of like this, like, um, for instance, when I, when I, at one point in my law enforcement career, I had, uh, I was going to going for the uh, border patrol and I had to take one of their border patrol tests. Right. And, and on their test, it, one of the questions was like, you know, everybody in the border patrol speaks Spanish. So that everybody in that speaks Spanish is a border patrol agent, true or false. And, and that's false. You know, to a certain extent, yeah, everybody that's in the border patrols, you know, had to speak Spanish, you know, and in the area that we were at. Um, it was it was a it, it was a uh, a must. You had to learn it. And uh, but not necessarily everybody that knew Spanish, you know, um, was a border patrol agent. Kind of the same right. thing, you know. A serial killer, you know, not everybody who has those remorse problems turns into a serial killer. But right. I, I would I would think that more likely than not, if you have a serial killer out there, they probably have some problems with emotions and feelings. Right. Does that and make that's sense? Where that's where corroborating evidence comes into play. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. So, you know, uh, oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that there's video of him leaving this area and or walking in front of it uh, because it would be in the probable cause affidavit, in my opinion. It, it would corroborate everything. I mean, you have um, everything corroborated. You have, you know, one witness saying that they see this person and, and that person sees these four people on a bridge and this is the time that they're passing by. And that these people are on this camera and, and then you have these juveniles here that took a timestamp photo. So everything is corroborated. If there was something there to corroborate that he left at a certain time, it would be in there as well, in my opinion. Right. Do you think that the, uh, you know, just kind of go back before we call it a show full circle, but do you think that, that it's unfair, even if they remove, um, the attorneys, let's just say that the attorneys are removed. You think it's unfair to still have this pushed out so far out, you know, all the way up until next, you know, until October. 
Or do you think that maybe perhaps, you know, this case can go sooner? I think it could go sooner. Because obviously that uh, scrumming guy, you know, he did an interview, was talking about Delphi. Um, I mean, I guess I'll just be curious if they take on or adopt the whole Odinism angle, uh, mm -hmm. if they are continued on as the uh, lawyers or not. Um, yeah, I don't know. This case is mm -hmm. a mind F to me. <laughs> Honest, honestly, yeah. it hurts. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. I, I think that, you know, I think that the, um, you know, it, it, you know, it took the prior defense team of Richard Allen a year to prepare for trial. So I can't see why, you know, there wouldn't be the same reason given to the um, the new defense team. Plus, they, they actually said in themselves that they needed that much time. I think they suggested um, November. Um and Judge Gold went went back and said, "Well, you know, this is this happened. There was Veterans Day. There was um, Thanksgiving, and so they said, okay, well, we could be ready in October of 2024.' So the new defense team um, has, you know, kind of given that timeline of when they think they can be ready. But um, could they be ready sooner? I don't know. Um, I guess that'll be up to the Supreme Court." Yeah, I guess we still got to wait to see what truly happens here, right? With the Supreme Court and any rulings if, uh, you know, about John uh, Fran Gull, the judge, and uh, they bring the old attorneys back or not, or that's just yeah. to wait and see, I guess, at this point. Um, mm -hmm. I just, I just wanted to get back on course. And um, I'm one of those ones that I just like to I just like to watch things try to play out, even if it sucks, um, to play it out here. Can I ask Can I ask you something, Daniel? Quickly. Yeah. Uh, for Richard Allen, you know, you got a guy that has uh, put himself not only at the uh, trail. You got a guy that's literally said, "Yes, I was wearing those same things," and stuff like that we can rest assured that Ellie has screwed up this case beyond uh, belief to me, um, whether it's the missing file, um, uh, you know, of Whitman, uh, Whiteman, I should say, uh, Richard Whiteman, uh, whether it's that, whether it's like I said, just sticks. Do you feel like they must have something really strong um, besides what we're seeing? against Richard Allen, because I just don't feel confident at this point that there's not the reasonable doubt there, even, even oh. with confessions, like meaning, because it's just, anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. All right. Well, when the, the best way to know that is to, to follow the cops. Have the cops got had any warrants on Richard Allen for DNA or anything like that? Has that been shown? Uh, yeah, they took DNA, I think. They took, well, yeah. Um, well, if they took DNA from him, that means that they have something to compare it to. You know what I mean? Unless, unless the only reason to do that is 
in hopes that he committed a crime somewhere else and that's going to you know show history you know what i mean i think that's right. the only two reasons why you would take his dna and uh but when it comes to this case you have to have a warrant for it and it would have to be for this case specifically you can't get a warrant for somebody's dna to check the database right. for every case that's out there that that doesn't fly so if they had a warrant for his dna then they have something there tying his you know they have something birth dna now if that dna collection didn't happen until after his arrest then it wouldn't be in the probable cause affidavit right right so i don't know when that was when was it that they took his his dna um was it in october when they did that that was when they did the search warrant on his house, but I don't know if they I actually did. Made, I can't remember if he voluntarily gave his. I can't. I, I. I honestly, I'd have to go back and look. I don't want to say one way or another. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Yeah, could you? Because even I can't place that either. You know. Um. Let me see. Um. Revealed in documents. Richard Allen confessed five times to his wife and mother in jail. I don't know. That's the first time I've seen how many times it was. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah no, that's been out there for a while, five to six times. I mean, there, there was, there was an, there was, there were absolutely statements that said that um, by the defense, by the ex-defense team, that Richard Allen's DNA did not match to the crime scene. Um, that's, I think, where I'm immediate. That's where I'm kind of getting the whole, mm -hmm. like, you know, that he gave his DNA. But as of when he gave it, I'm not, I can't remember. Hmm. I mean, if they don't got his DNA on there and all they have is the uh, uh, the round there. I mean, that's going to be tough. Right. I'll be honest with you. Because if I was Richard Allen's defense team, here, here's what I would say. I would say um, by, you know, his own omission, he was on the trail. He was checking his phone. You know, he, he has guns. He's gone to gun ranges before and shot him, and he's cleared his weapon before. Is it possible that he put one of those rounds in his pocket? And as he's checking his stock, stock, whatever it's called on his phone, that a round falls out. And as the girls get on the get on the trail, they find the round, they pick it up and put it on their. Now it's in their person. They put it in their pocket. You know what I mean? I mean that that would be a right. Logical explanation. There, there has to be more. I heard a rumor. I don't know how true it is, but I heard a rumor that no, that on that video that Richard Allen's face is on it, but I don't think it's like a clear face. Because if it was, they would have had a sketch of him, a lot clearer, right. better sketch. It wouldn't have been two different ones from two different people. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I. That yeah. seems like it doesn't make sense. Right. I mean, it depends on how, what part of his face they saw. If it was covered, if it was just his eyes. Because I yeah. think if you look at the two sketches, the eyes look kind of the same, don't same. they? Yeah, absolutely. The sketches, yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Maybe he had a mask on. Okay. okay. Right. Well, who knows? Honestly, um, he obviously had a covering of some sort. There's, you know, whether it was some... I don't know. People have said some like stockings over the head. I don't believe that. Probably one of those. I don't know. There's that white thing that's there that I've always said was a mask, but it's 
It looks like a scarf. I mean, all he has to do is just kind of cover his face. Yeah. You know, or, yeah. Um, yeah. When I say mask, it doesn't necessarily have to be a specific mask. It could be a shirt. Like it, a could be a, mask. it could be yeah. just doing that. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's just to disclose your, your facial exp you know, features or, or to hide them. Did, so, you hear, did you hear about the track rumor recently? Have track rumor? That? Yeah. And this is just a rumor, people. Uh, but that's kind of what's being talked about right now. Is that so in the uh, in the discovery, there was um, a motorcycle cover that was taken as evidence. Um, so what's kind of being said, and it was talked about on our live the other day, um, when Charmaine uh, had brought it out, um, was that there's some motorcycle tracks that belong to say Richard Allen's motorcycle that were beside the Weber, uh, what do you call it? Um, a little house where you maybe oh, kill animals, have a washing basin type of thing or a wash up in it, whatever that is. And that, that on Richard Allen's motorcycle cover that the tracks match the same ones that were beside the Weber uh, Audi house there or whatever. Um, so there's kind of a few things being said, but we haven't seen anything uh, besides people talking about that right now. Um, and I think it's like people that are claiming that they have like files from the discovery that are out there and knowledge and stuff. But it's one of those things is like my head hurts enough. Um, but I'm all I'm all I want to end up like is the final result is that Richard Allen did it that the case is so strong in a sense that they can literally nail the coffin shut, you know, uh, with mm. the evidence. But we'll just, again, we won't know it until the evidence comes out in trial or something like that, if there's truth to that or not. Um, right. They've been talking about DNA too as well. So, you know, it's one of those things, I listen to everything, but if it's not factual, it's just a matter of waiting for it see if it's true all i know is that if richard allen um is the person that um that rightfully you know hurt killed abby and libby um in a sense that you know he's tried and then the court through their evidence i hope i just i'm not having a whole bunch of faith in this case so i'm really hoping that there's the freaking really? nail in the coffin if it's richard allen and that, you know, kind of like side and sealed and delivered, dude, you got, we got all this on you that there's kind of like the jury just is like, okay, clearly this guy was part of it. 12 people, whatever vote, you know, guilty, guilty, guilty. I'm just very afraid for this case because mm -hmm. I just am so lost between the different, uh, between all the mess ups and the screw ups. If the defense can create that reasonable doubt that they're trying to do, because that's their job. Um, it scares me. I just want justice for Abby and Libby. You know, I would hate to see that if Richard Allen was guilty, but they didn't have enough supporting evidence or to the jury. I don't know. This case, I, I normally I would like to be more optimistic, but I'm kind of just border. I don't know how this case is going to go. I'm just hoping that they do have the, you know, nail in the coffin there if it is him. Do you guys, this will be the last question. Um, do you guys think that Richard Allen's original defense attorneys think he's innocent? Yes. I think they I, I think they think he is. Um, mm -hmm. I want to say really quickly, 
um, with what Sonny was just saying, um, um, I feel honestly a little bit differently only because when I look at the contrast between what the ex-defense team member John um, put out in public filings and in the in the court documents versus what the prosecution put out, and I get the, the playing field is not even when it comes to pre-trial uh, motions. The, the prosecution um, is very limited as to what they can release and what they can say, whereas the defense has a little bit more liberty. Um, I have not seen one thing from the prosecution side of this case that has given me any kind of kind of you know hesitation or or um, or uncertainty because I've been surprised by how confident their filings have been, how brief their filings have been, and how um, non-dramatic anything they've said has been, which to me all indicate the the prosecution feel like they have a strong case. Whether or not that is true, I don't know. But it's something that I've felt from every step of the way when it comes to this case so far is that I feel like the state of Indiana feels like they have a very strong case against Richard Allen. Thank you, Tara, for your 199 Super Chat. They definitely are some great guests. You know, when it comes to the um, the lawyer thing, and it's, you know, do I think that they're telling the truth, or do I think that they think he's innocent? Now, one thing I've learned a long time ago is, uh, especially when it's a lawyer's best interest in, in mind, you know, when their reputation is on the line, I don't always believe everything a lawyer says. So <laughs> that's just I my thing. I don't always, I don't always trust them. I don't, I mean, not saying that they're all bad or any of those things. I just, I don't always believe everything. Now let's, let's, let's look at this in context, right? Um, either they were going to be humiliated and have their reputation, you know, put through the dirt by the judge when, you know, they got removed off of it or they were going to withdraw, which to, you know, the outside world, if I'm a, you know, uh, looking for a defense attorney, am I going to hire the guy that's withdrawing from the case? You know, that's also not going to look very well. doesn't look very well to him. And what do they have to lose if they go in and say, hey, we were under duress. We have this or that. You know, the judge already made her order. It's not like they're going to come back and turn around and say, all right, you know what? Because you did this, we're going to now, you know, Throw, you throw this to the bar and we're going to take your license away. That would be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, retaliation. And then you can have something against them in that direction. So they're in a, you know, no lose situation really, you know, at this point. They can argue this and they probably know that they're not going to win. But just the fact that they're putting out the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The front that they're trying everything or whatever. Maybe that saves a little bit of face when it comes to other defendants. Right. Yeah, that's my thoughts only. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I don't take people's words at face value, really, in a sense. So, you know, with Richard Allen's, uh, like, attorneys, like, whether they're feeding us a crock of shit and know that he's, you know, 
you know, did it or not, or whether they're portraying the image of, you know, he's definitely innocent, whatever. I don't care. I, I just, like I said, use my own gut, watch the whole thing play out, and it's going to play out the way it's going to play out at the end of the day. Absolutely. 100%. Guys, if you guys aren't aware or have not seen yet, uh, it's a criming shame. Make sure you go and follow and uh, subscribe. The whole nine yards, in fact, let me pull that up real quick. I can show everybody. It's in the description. Um, and I believe, Aspen, you have your own uh, cha channel as well, if you want to give that a plug. One that you work I, 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 I do. It's, it's just, it's Aspen Connor. So, um, yeah, it's that name. Yeah. Yeah. Feel, feel free to subscribe to both. Yeah. So. Do yeah. it. Do it. They, they, they hit 10K not too long ago. Yes. Yes. So, thank so you. Congratulations. Thank you supporters for that. Yeah. That was, uh, that was, huh. you know, when you feel like you're just a yo-yo up and down and up and down and you're going nowhere fast. It was like forever. Finally, it was just like, you know, thank you guys for, you know, it's really just a number. But it's mm -hmm. kind of like to a creator. It's just like a hurdle, like 10K, 20K. You know what I mean? Um, it's a goal. So it's a goal. Absolutely. So it was just nice to finally get over that bound after all those months and months of you know, sitting so close to it. So thank you to all our supporters for that. And of course, yeah, if you haven't heard of us, you know, we cover uh, Delphi and some other cases, but Delphi right. come and revived itself again with a lot of different stuff. But uh, yeah, anyway, um, thank you, uh, Daniel and uh, Jaime. Yeah, and Blue. We, we love our drunk turkey boys, a great group of guys. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Yeah. Uh, Iona Pear comes in with the last $2 saying, interesting show. Thanks to the panel. Thank you. We appreciate you.